Welcome to Personal Financial Strategy, the podcast, a podcast wholly devoted to you and your relationship with money, bringing expertise to bear on how you earn, invest, and spend your hard-earned cash. I'm your host, Tony King, and today we welcome a special guest to the podcast, Natasha Davis. Natasha is the founder and CEO of a company called Impact Branding. She's also an author of several books. I'll, I'll give a couple of the titles, but I'll let Natasha fill out the list for me. Uh, she wrote a book called Get Grounded, Stay Grounded, Unleash Your Millionaire Mindset, and Build Your Brand. But that's only three. <laughs> she does have a few more, and I'll let, I'll let her tell you about them. But I wanted to welcome to the Personal Financial Strategy Podcast, Natasha. Thank you so much, Tony. Thank you. I'm looking forward to hanging out and, like I say, sharing a few golden nuggets to make this world an even better place. Oh, great. That's awesome. Yes. You know, I like to start um, by getting one question out of the way because our listeners, they have curiosity about where our guests live and work. So I'm going to ask you, where do you live and work from? Well, I live, work in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm in the area of Atlanta, Georgia. Fantastic. Absolutely love it. And I've hung out here for about uh, almost 18 years. And prior to that, I hung out in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And prior to that, I hung out in Bronx, New York. So any of my New York fans, my Florida people and my Georgia peach folk, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I had the... Uh... Uh, immense pleasure of spending two years of my life in Atlanta, more specifically Lawrenceville, if you know where oh, that yes. is. Yes, yeah. not far at all. Well, I was there on a little corporate assignment many years ago <laughs> and absolutely loved it. Love Atlanta. Love it. Yeah, it's a great place. <laughs> yes, it is indeed. Natasha, I'd love it if you would just kind of tell us your story of founding your company, how you uh, juggled the challenges and balls that come along with starting a company. Yeah. So way back when, <laughs> way back yonder, um, I started out as, you know, I, I, you know, some people had a hard life. I honestly did not have a hard life. I, I had a loving family. I was a, blessed to be able to go to college. I was able to pursue my first degree as a registered nurse. And that was my love. That was my passion. I just knew I was going to be in nursing until the day I until the day I died, honestly, because I just absolutely loved it that much, and I still do. But what happened is, a fast forward, I got out of college. I'm working as a nurse, and the entrepreneurship bug reached up and took a big old chunk out of me. And I tried to fight it because I figured, what's wrong with you? You went to school to be a nurse, and I have student loans. I have to pay back, right? Fast forward, I then crossed over and I did step into the world of entrepreneurship and I had a rude awakening. The, the lies that I heard that you don't need money to make money, total lie. And, and on top of that, you can start a business with no money, absolute lie. So I found that out the hard way. Fast forward while I was juggling working in the workforce and uh, trying to get a company off the ground, I actually went through a, an unexpected divorce after 12 years. Uh, Ex-husband was like, he didn't want to be married anymore. And that's where the heavy hit of my financial pit came from. After getting divorced, I was not prepared financially really to stand on my own two feet. Now, granted, I had a degree. I had a great career. I worked as a nurse. I had a business, but I did not respect money. 
in wholeheartedly. I really didn't. I didn't respect the dollar. Money came in as fast as it came in, as fast as it went out. I didn't track it. I didn't do anything until the reality hit that you actually need to respect the dollar, right? Respect money. And um, fast forward and going through a divorce, the business was not doing what it needed to do. Honestly, It, it was struggling and I was still in working. And, you know, after we got divorced or we were separated, you know, I was left with negative $400 in my bank account. Now, keep in mind, the mortgage was still due. The light bill still due. The car note still due. And the business was sucking more out of me than it was giving. And go forward into that, I lost my job. Oh, gee. Talk about having a bad day. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And uh, so I came from a place of, not respecting money because, you know, when you go through nursing school, you're not, you don't go through financial classes, right? Teaches you money. They teach you, you're going to make good money. As soon as your first day on the job, you're sitting at the uh, 401k people talking about how you want to make this money, honey, you know? Oh yeah. But no one teaches you how to respect money and and how to, how to use it and, and stuff. So I came from a place of I'm working, I got money in the bank, I'm spending it like it's nobody's business. I wake up, I want a new car, I go get a new car. I got great credit, I got a good job. Go and finance the car, big deal, you know. Yeah, yeah. Until all of that came crashing down. So once I hit that really hard place of a financial pit, I had to make some real serious grown up adult decisions on not only understanding money, but respecting money and really figuring out how am I going to make this business work for me? Because we can have a business and that business can suck the life out of you, but it also can suck the finances out of you, right? We've heard heard stories of people losing their family and losing their home because they were trying to chase a failing business. And I didn't want to be that person. Right. And so I came from the place of, you know, I didn't respect money and I had it, but then I fast forward real quick. I came to a place where I needed money. I didn't have it. And I had to learn how to understand and respect money at that point. So that's where, that was my first, uh, where I face planted into a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Yeah, it it wasn't friendly. It hurt. It hurt a lot. (laughs) I love that phrase, understand and respect money. Yes. Can, you, can you handle both those words for me and what that means? I can. So the first thing we have to do is understanding money. Understanding money means understanding that it is a current, like energy, like a switch on a wall. If I walk into a room and the light is off, is there still current running through that room, through that building, through that property? Yes. There's still electricity running through it. I just need to turn the switch on. So money is always flowing. Now, whether it's flowing to you or away from you is really your decision, right? So money is always flowing and it's literally like a switch on a wall. You either turn the switch on or you turn it off. I turn the switch on because I wanna see money. I turn the switch off. I don't see money, but money is still flowing. I had to understand the basic principles and the entire purpose of money. Money brings levels of wisdom Money brings levels of information. Money brings levels of knowledge, right? The next level is relationship. Money brings levels of relationship. Now, I'll hold the line here. You can okay. develop good relationships or bad relationships. 
It depends on what you choose. So money brings a whole level of relationships because we're literally cargoes. Each, each individual is a cargo. Tony, you're a cargo. Natasha's a cargo. Everyone's people listening, you're a cargo. So now what you're carrying, carrying, it depends on what type of relationship is being developed. The next level is money brings property. Money brings assets because you can do what? Make investments. And after you make investments, you have access to cash. Most people start out nowadays, right? Not like back in the day with the, the actual dollar. We're walking around here with all this plastic. So I had to learn to understand the money attached to the plastic. We can't just right. go swiping out here, right? <laughs> so that it can, was it can feel like monopoly money a little bit. It can because you don't see it. Now, respecting money was this has some of the same principles. I had to respect every single dollar earned, every single dollar spent. And so therefore I learned to develop a healthier relationship with money so that I no longer chased money, money began to chase me. And when we begin to learn to respect the dollar, the dollar we spend and the dollar we receive, money now become, chases you, you become a money magnet, right? And so respecting the money really means if I'm not to be a miser, right? But to say, if I'm gonna spend this, how shall I deploy this dollar for the greater good? Even down to something as trivial as going to a supermarket. Right. Right. I actually had to learn it's not okay to walk in a supermarket without a plan. Right. It's not okay. Right. Besides the fact you pick up stuff you never even needed. <laughs> right. 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 Spend yep. without Guilty. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, oh, I guess we do need these donuts. Hello, somebody. <laughs> So I realized that there's a certain level of respect that needed to be created for money. Money doesn't just, you know, um, it doesn't just show up just out the, out the air. You have to command that money to come to you. And when we begin to command that money to come to you, it comes to you when you have respect for it, not when you're hungry for it, but when you respect it. And so I've had to learn to even respect the whole essence of, of saving. You know, traditionally you tell someone, you gotta be on a budget, you gotta save. It's like blasphemy. It's like, how dare you use that word to me? Save, budget, it's my money, I do what I want. That's well, right. what I did, I stepped away from that. It's not my money, right? So therefore, when I think of save, I think of I'm strategically allocating for ventures and expenses. S-A-V-E, strategically allocating for ventures and expenses, right? I love that term, strategically yeah. so now, allocating. Gotta, yeah, strategically allocating for ventures and expenses. So that now means the next time you want something, you need to save for it. Strategically allocate for that venture or that expense. We have a history of people that will go on vacation and come back broke and tired because right. we just spent all the time running up and down because we're on vacation, zip lining and, and diving and, and, and deep seeds, whatever. But then you also, you got that plastic and you swipe, 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 you're spending. And there was no strategic allocation for that venture. 
and no strategic allocation for how you was going to expense that trip. So I no longer travel on a card. If I know I'm traveling somewhere, here's what I know I'm going to spend it. We call it recreation money. You're going to blow this money. Right. I'm going to blow a hundred dollars. I'm going to blow a thousand dollars. That's what you're going to blow. But then I'm going to spend this money in hotels, in food, in um, other recreation. Right. Gifts for stuff. So you don't walk away swiping your card because if you can't see that money and you can't feel it in your hand, it doesn't exist. There's a difference between taking a hundred dollars and handing somebody that hundred dollars to spend for something than taking your card whether it's a debit card or a credit card and swiping it. It has a completely different feel. Go to the oh, supermarket. Absolutely. Go to the supermarket with cash and see how see how your grocery bill turns out. You go to the supermarket with $100 or $200 in the envelope and when the money is done, so is your grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you I bet you you spend differently, you shop differently, right? Right. So right. That is what I mean by understanding and then also respecting money. Gotcha. Boy, I'm really loving, I'm, I'm latching on to your strategic allocation of money. We, yeah. in our system, in the, way we, in the way we manage funds for people, we also acknowledge another concept you put there that money is like current. We just call it flow. We call it cash. Money is always moving. Mm-hmm. And so since it's always moving, we want to be able to direct it. Mm-hmm. And that direction sounds a whole lot like strategically allocating things. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and one of the things we do, I mean, it's funny you mentioned ventures is we, I mean, you mentioned vacation. We encourage people to set up a little savings account and contribute mm-hmm. to it monthly. And that is the vacation fund. Mm-hmm. We call them funds. Funds, and, and, yeah. and we encourage people to only take their vacation when the fund has built to the level of their planned vacation. I love it. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, and vacations come in all flavors. You can go to the Bahamas. Oops. Nope. Maybe you don't want to go there right now, but um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you've been following the news out of the Bahamas, but yeah. Um, <laughs> But you can spend you can spend a pile. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. You, can, you, you know, we're out west in Arizona and Disneyland's not far away. You can go over, pop over there in your car and have mm-hmm. a great vacation and uh, not spend that much money. Not spend that so, much. Mm-hmm. But it's important to have that money set aside. Like you said, it's important. It's important to kind of have the cash there to pay for it because I can speak from experience. I've come home from vacation with an American express bill that would blow your mind (laughs) and it did blow my mind. But if I instead put it on my visa card and then when I get home, I transfer all that money from my savings account over to pay my visa bill. Oh, it feels so much better. Just ka-chink, ka-chink, and it's done. And I I don't have to think about it anymore. You know, the one thing that I love that you said was, you know, really empowering individuals and, and normalizing, once again, saving for trips. You remember, you remember when uh, going to like a bank or a credit union, you'd have Christmas clubs and yes, you'd yes. account, your Christmas club account. That's the same concept, right? It's just it that we need to normalize that again. We need to normalize respecting the pause. We need to normalize, 
you know, waiting until it's right. We need to, we need to actually begin to get people more accustomed to having the patience to wait. You know, many, many years ago, like our grandparents and our great grandparents, if they didn't have it, you had to wait until you had the money to buy it. Right. You know, the debt is ridiculous. The personal debt on individuals is ridiculous. So even when we look at a concept, when we hear someone say, oh, you need to save, you need to save for three to six months of cost of living or save a year of cost of, li of living. Well, guess what? It's easy to say that. Yeah. It is a different element to actually accomplish that. Yes, and it is. I remember when that, that, reality hit me because the reality hit me when after getting divorced and here I am with a negative $400 in the bank less than a month after being separated and I'm like how is it that I have worked in a career I get I get paid very well according you know to compared to the the average population how is it I I don't have any money yeah, yeah. and I'm gonna tell you to be quite honest Tony it pissed me off oh yeah like what in the world? And you know what? The debts that were owed had no mercy. Right. No one said, oh, it's okay, Natasha. You can you can skip a month. We won't penalize you. Mm -hmm. I remember I got, here's a funny story. And somebody may resonate. It wasn't funny back then. It's funny now, right? right. Somebody <laughs> resonate with this. Here I am, I'm four months in now. Here I am at four month mark, mortgage, couldn't figure out how to get the mortgage paid. I'm like, oh my God, I can't get put out of my house. I call the mortgage company. I'm like, please, I need you to work with me. I'm, I'm here's where my situations. I, I mean, I've made myself vulnerable. I'm trying, I'm doing, this is what happened, whatever. The woman said to me on the phone, oh, okay. Well, did you want to wait a month and then you can just pay the whole amount up front? Or do you want us to talk about selling your home? Okay. Apparently, hear what I said, lady. And at that point, I decided to take back control, mm -hmm. take back control, because the reason I was in this position at the time was because I allowed myself to get into that position because I did not understand or respect money. Right. I was being mm -hmm. reckless mm -hmm. and I got very upset and I, I put my foot down and I let her know, well, no, I'm not paying you a chunk, four months worth of mortgage up front in 30 days. And no, we're not selling the house. And I don't want to talk to you anymore because you're not in line with where I'm going. Put me on the phone with somebody else. Right. Yeah. So. Here's what happened real quick after that. After that, I started to really drill in to figure out, I hear when people say, you got to put this money down. How the heck am I going to do it? Right. And so I realized the way that I do it is I do it in baby steps. And how I ended up doing it was I knew once I got back a job, I was like, yay, I got back a job. The first thing I did is I had to really take stock of what, how much does it cost me to live every month? Mm -hmm. Most people don't really know. Like, right. how much does it, is it cost? Is your lifestyle costing you five grand a month, 10 grand a month? Is it 20 grand? How much is it really costing you? Mm -hmm. Now, keep in mind, Tony, I also had a business I was trying to run. So if I didn't know what was happening in my home, I really didn't know what's happening in the business. Right. So now I have to figure out how much does it cost me to run the business? And after I figured out how much that costs, what I decided was, for every three months, I would begin to save a month's worth of living expenses. So every three months, I would, every week, every two weeks, I'd stack away a certain amount, I'd divide that amount 
into that time. And every three months I would amass one month worth of living expenses. Now, somebody might be saying, what the heck is that going to do for me? Well, guess what? That means that you got a month ahead. Right. And if after, you hustle, after three months, you're now you got a month, a month ahead. Right, right. <laughs> that's so, that's pretty aggressive, Natasha. I did that. I did that every every three months. So every you know, I took that amount. So say, for example, let's say, for example, it costs someone every month, it's costing someone, let's just say five thousand dollars every month to, to live. I think the average home uh, is probably about with mortgage nowadays. Yep. <laughs> mortgage nowadays, right? So that means every three months I am. I have to come up every three months. I have to, every month, I have to come up with about $1,600 to tuck away. Now, how you come up with the $1,600 legally is perfectly fine. <laughs> you don't have to add that caveat. You know, she said, however, <laughs> legally. Now, guess what you can do? You can work a second job and all the money from the second job goes to the saving. You can do um, an investment. You can do stocks or investment if that's something that you're already in. And so you're going to have interest put on. You can have interest put on something or you can trim the fat on some of the wasteful spending because we all have wasteful spending. I remember I was kicking out two, three, four hundred dollars on street food. And Tony, I can cook. Oh, I'll bet now, you can. Now, now keep in mind, I had I just spent five hundred dollars on groceries. So why do I have another two, three hundred dollars on street food? Yeah, yeah. Spend the fat and take that money and reallocate it. And so that's what I did. And for a year, a li- almost two years, that I just committed to it. I, that's what I did. And before I realized it, here I was. I had a half a year's worth of living expenses. Oh, good for you. And guess where you put it? You put it in an interest bearing account. So the money was making interest on it. Yeah. Now I can tell you that was a good day when I looked in that account and I was like, oh my gosh, I did it. And so you can duplicate that. And as you make more, remember money is a current and you can become a money magnet. If you're not always chasing after money, money will now chase you. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Hey, Natasha, I want to give you a chance to speak to each of your, I know uh, we all put a lot of effort into writing books, so I I want to give you the chance to speak to each of your titles. My goodness. All right. So my first baby that was born is Get Grounded, Stay Grounded. And Get Grounded, Stay Grounded was born at a time where I knew that I was all over the place and I had too many too many attachments to too many things. And I just felt like, you know something, I need to work on me and I want to know myself. I want to know me. And so I came to a place, I kind of just went into a place where I wanted to understand what it felt like to have that real inner peace and to know myself in and out, you know, and I wrote that book from that lens, really saying, hey, listen, I got to work on me and I want to know who I am and I want to know how I show up. And if I don't want to be around people who don't love me for me, but in order for me to demand someone to love me for me, I had to love myself wholeheartedly. So get grounded, stay grounded uh, was my first baby. My second baby is be unleashed. And this is the breaking point where I had to unleash my millionaire mindset. And I was building my brand and I was building not only a personal brand, but I was building a business brand. Now, this was after. I had come out of the divorce. This was me literally sitting at the point uh, where I was recovering um, okay. because I could not 
I could not write in the midst of where I was because I was dead smack in the middle of all the mess. And so I literally wrote the book from the edge of restoration and where I was sitting in a place of total recovery. So I was able to write from a clean hearted, clean mental space, clean everything space. And what I did is I stepped back and I looked back into my life and I said, all of the things that was literally killing me and drowning me, how did I get rid of it? And so when I wrote Be Unleashed, that was what I really meant, how to be unleashed to be everything that you desire to be, how to be unleashed to build a, mil a million dollar brand and how to be unleashed to build a successful personal life, a marriage, a family, everything. And so Be Unleashed was my baby number two. My third baby came right in the midst of COVID. Um, oh, 25 really? Yeah, 25 Valuable Golden Nuggets. And 25 Valuable Golden Nuggets is was written because I, I sat back, especially when I was in the thick of, of COVID, it broke my heart to see companies that were around for, for years go out of business in less yes. than two months. And I sat there and I said, everything that I've learned over these you know 18 plus years in business, what worked? And I wanted to take a book and I said, I'm going to write 25 steps and 25 nuggets on how do you start a business? How do you stabilize it? And how do you scale it? And that is what my baby number three is, 25 valuable golden nuggets. And that that came out literally right in the middle of COVID. Right. Gosh, yeah. I'm going to pick that one up. <laughs> I, can use, I can use all the nuggets I can get. <laughs> well, you know, how about, how about, you know what? I just appreciate you having me on. I will actually send you one. I will send you a book and I'll autograph it and send it to you oh, and send all the blessings your way. <laughs> my gosh. Thank you so much. Natasha. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, but not only are you an author, you are fully engaged in a consulting business. And do you have a niche that you serve in your consulting business? I do. I do. Um, so I do strategic planning and process improvement. And so we work with companies to really strengthen their brand so they make more money and they have a more happier life at the end of it. Right. And so the niche market I work with are service based companies. So we're for service based companies and also work with healthcare organizations trucking and logistics. And we have a special department where we do government contracts. So we work with the government. Wow. That's a big field right there. It is interesting. And indeed it is. <laughs> and Natasha, especially if someone's interested in your consulting business, how, what's the best way to get in touch with you? So if somebody is interested in just having a power chat with me, they just want to talk through some different things, actually going to impactbrandingconsulting.org will give you the pathway to reach me as impactbrandingconsulting.org. And that will give you the pathway to reach me. And I encourage anyone, whether it's a business or you're looking for a coach, a business coach to help un, un, get unstuck and unplug your thoughts about things and make better decisions. I'm definitely here to have that conversation. Would love to talk. Great. Natasha, thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate mm -hmm. you, especially appreciate your story. It's inspiring to hear someone who who at one time was up against it, but yes. conjured the warrior up in themselves and dug their way out and is now flourishing. That's just a great story. It's a great redemption story. I love redemption stories. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's definitely an honor to be here. And I just pray that this has been helpful to many people, many people. I know it will be.
So strategists, until next time, keep (laughs) on strategizing. (laughs) 